precious name above all names. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So good to see you in the house of the Lord. What a wonderful spirit of the Lord has met us here on this Sunday morning. Give honor to Pastor, praying for him as they are traveling back. Back today, I believe they're beginning their journey, but in case you're not aware, it is a little bit of a journey. So we're going to pray they have safe travels as they are making their way back home. But if you have your Bible today, I'll take you first to the book of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, a very familiar portion of Scripture. And I preface with almost the same thing I prefaced with two weeks ago. I'm aware this is not Christmas. There are balloons and we're celebrating something, but I'm aware that it's not Christmas. But I am going to draw your attention to a scripture that is commonly used during the Christmas season. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6 simply says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. If you ever wanted to know what you can find in Jesus, Isaiah gives it a pretty good summary. You'll find the Mighty God. You'll find a Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. It is from that very phrase that Isaiah uses to describe Jesus that I want to minister to this great church body today, just simply this, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Would you lift up your hands and your voice one more time to heaven and ask the Lord to help us today. Lord, we love you. Lord, we need your divine work and your spirit to sweep over this sanctuary. Lord, that you would touch minds and hearts, that you would strengthen, that you would encourage, that you would uplift today. Let the power of your word go forth and accomplish the very thing that you, O Lord, have set forth to accomplish. Let the power of the Holy Ghost do a mighty work in this room. We ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord? Turn to your neighbor and let them know how glad you are to see them today. Peace is something that our world has become increasingly unfamiliar with. In fact, in studying this, I did run across, because it's hard to study and not run across a Peanuts cartoon every now and then when you study the way I do. But there's one Peanuts cartoon or illustration that was drawn from the paper that says, shows a picture, Lucy talking to Charlie Brown, and she says, I hate everything. I hate everybody. I hate the whole wide world. Charlie Brown looks to Lucy and says, but I thought you had inner peace. She said, I do, but I still have outer obnoxiousness. Isn't that some truth? You find a little nugget every now and then in the peanuts section of the paper. 
Some folks read those things for informational purposes. I never did. I read them for the comic strips. I didn't look at the wanted ads. I didn't look at what happened in the world. I flipped directly back to the very last page where the only thing worth reading was peanuts. Truth be told, peace is not the most common thing in our generation. Truth be told, peace was not the most common thing in my household growing up because repeatedly my parents would say, if I could just get some peace and quiet. I didn't understand that until recently. I understand it a little more every day. But it's all right. Peace is one of those things that we love to speak of. We love to experience, but it seems that moments of peace are faster fleeting than anything else in the world because we live in a world that is busy and in a world that is complex and in a world that is somewhat chaotic. We search for fleeting moments of peace. When I was doing sales after a long day of sales calls or checking on customers, I would jump back in my car with every intention to have a nice, peaceful ride back to the office or back to the house. I was just going to unwind and listen to some music. I say that. I'm not really a music person. I'm that boring person that when I get in the car, it's utter silence. And I drive hours in utter silence. And on occasion, somebody like Brother Cook shows up, and I buy a CD, and I'm like, man, I'm going to listen to that CD because that will be some great music to listen to while I drive, only to realize that I have a car that no longer has a CD player. What a tragedy. So I gave away my Stan Cook CD after never being open. I was going to simply get in the car and take a peaceful drive, only for my peaceful drive to end with me questioning the ability of every driver I met on the road and to wonder what driver's ed class did they ever attend, if any. Because there are far more things in life that are probably a lot more peaceful than driving. It's quiet. You know where I'm at. You've experienced that road rage. You've questioned a few driver's ed teachers in your time. I don't know if they taught much, but they should have. Peace is simply something that we long for and we desire. Whether it is peace that we want to find on a vacation spot or a drive or whatever it is, we long for moments to unplug ourselves from the present problems of our day. Truth be told, you have something that you do, that you do because it helps you to unplug from the day. Whether that is bike riding or golfing or fishing or driving or whatever it may be. My wife had the most unique thing that she did to unwind from her day and I couldn't stand it. She loved to work in flower beds. We would get home from work. And she was like, I've got I've to get, uh, I've got to unwind and I've got to get a little peace and I'm going to go work in a, why? What part of weeding a flower bed is peaceful? 
I mean, I'm out here 300 pounds squatted down in this flower bed pulling up weeds, and there's nothing peaceful about it. There's nothing enjoyable about it. We're going to plant hydrangeas and hostas and how many other plants that start with the letter H that we can find. And we're going to fill this flower bed full of them. And that's great, and they look wonderful. But that's not my perspective of them while I'm sweating at 112 degrees digging a hole for this plant. I'd rather be inside. I have a wonderful chair. It has a nice lever on the side. You pull it and it pops back. and It's a lot more enjoyable than the flower bed. But we have things that we do seeking to unplug from the complexity of life from the things that have occupied our minds and our thoughts. We're searching, looking for peace. Can I tell you today there is a place where you can find peace. There is a place where the weary find rest and the troubled find peace. There is a place where the worn and the wounded find a refreshing and a redemptive measure of God that begins to refresh the soul. Peace is not simply a passing theme of the Scripture, but it is, a, it, is, it is a constant of the Scripture. 400 times is the word peace seen throughout the Scripture. Old and New Testament are filled with references to peace. Pen after pen, writer after writer begin to describe it. It is listed as an attribute of God. Paul defines it as the very makeup of the kingdom. He again listed as the fruit of the Spirit. And it is the design of God for the church. I know this is not the chandelier swinging Sunday morning message. But can I tell you it is the desire of God for you to live in peace. It is the desire of God for your mind to be kept in peace. It is the desire of God to give peace to troubled lives and to wearied minds and to wounded spirits. He is the Prince of Peace. It's not the desire of God that our mind be overwhelmed with life and trouble. It's not the desire of God that our spirits be heavy with all of the things that life throws at us, but it is the desire of God that the church would walk in the peace of his presence and in the peace of his word and in the peace of his hand. Can I tell you it is the desire of God to move in your mind and in your spirit today and bring peace where there has been chaos and bring peace where there has been trouble and bring peace where your mind won't stop swirling. God desires to enter into that. He is the prince of peace. Paul writes about peace in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. When he describes God, he said, And the very God of peace. What a great attribute. What a great defining characteristic. Paul said he is the God of peace. He said, and I pray that, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13 references peace in this fashion. He said, now the God of 
peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. When these writers describe the character and the nature of God, they echo what the pen of Isaiah says in Isaiah 9 and 6. They are echoing that he is the Prince of Peace. He is the God of Peace. It is peaceful in his presence. And if you want to find peace, you can find it in his presence. You can find it in this place today. You can find it in the altar. You can find it in the prayer room. You can find it in the word. But can I tell you, it is the desire of God for peace to reign in your mind. We are simply to be honest this morning. Our minds are very seldom full of peace. Our minds are often full of worry. Our minds are often consumed with the troubles of the day. Trying to fix this, trying to solve that, trying to decipher this, trying to, trying to just work through that. I know this very similarly aligns to what I preached the other Sunday night of stillness. But can I tell you, there should be a peace of God at work in our life. When everything around us is chaotic, there can still be a peace of God that sustains us. When everything in our world is troubled, there is a peace that's greater than your trouble. When everything around you is shifting and swirling, can I tell you there is a peace that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ that will keep your mind and that will keep your soul and that will sustain you in the most chaotic and troubled days of your life. You can lean on the fact that he is the prince of peace. He is the mighty God. He is our counselor. He is our strong tower. He is our reward. He is our God. Peace is seen in the character of God. It's listed again by the pen of Paul as he defines what the kingdom is. In Romans 14 and 17, he said, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You won't find it in the world. You won't find it in any external situations. Peace is a fleeting moment and a fleeting fad. But in the kingdom of God, it is the nature of our king and it is the very makeup of this kingdom. This is a place where peace should abide. Paul says it is righteousness, peace, and joy. Paul, in this simple statement, gives insight into a place where peace can be found. In just simply defining the kingdom. Three words. Not profound. Doesn't seem very complex. Paul said, if I'm going to define the kingdom, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. He said, but it's not righteousness, peace, and joy based in anything external. He said, it is in the Holy 
Ghost. Just this simple statement Paul tells us where you can find peace and where you can find joy and where righteousness is birthed in the life of a man. You're going to be made righteous by the work of the Holy Ghost. I can't be made righteous by my own efforts, by my own ideas, or by my own ability. But the Holy Ghost can make a righteous man. The Holy Ghost leads and guides into all truth, unto all things, and brings us into righteousness. It's a life that is yielded and given to the Spirit that produces righteousness. But Paul said, even more, he said, you can find some other things there as well. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you've walked into this place on a Sunday morning looking for a place to find peace, you can find it in the Holy Ghost. If you've walked into this house on a Sunday morning looking for a place to find joy, you can find it in the Holy Ghost. You can find it in his presence. You can find it when you lift up your hands and you lift up your voice and you begin to surrender yourself to God. Can I tell you all of the troubles of the day may not fade away forever, but they will become a fleeting thought for a moment as God refreshes and sustains your soul. I would love to preach to you that in the presence of the Lord, you're going to find peace. And when you walk out, everything in the world is going to be peaceful. But that's not the facts. The facts are that you're going to walk back into some things that are chaotic. Back into some things that are troubled. But you don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be fearful. Because you can put your confidence in one who is not shaken by your situation. You can put your confidence in one who is not moved by your problems and is not overcome by the things that are happening in your world. You can put your confidence in one who is ever abounding, who is forever settled. You can put your confidence in the one who remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. Paul says it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. This truth is echoed not only by the pen of Paul, but many join their voices in unison that there is a place of peace in him. Acts 10 and 36 says this, The word which God sent unto the children of Israel preaching peace by Jesus. He is Lord of all. I love how they just threw that in there. I love that. Preaching peace. By Jesus. How does peace come? There it is. By Jesus. And then then the pen of the writer just throws in, oh, by the way, he's the Lord of all. He's the Lord of all. He's the Lord of all. All the things going on in your world, all the things going on in your family, all the things going on in your life, all the things that are pacing through your mind. Let me remind you on a Sunday morning, He is the Lord of all. He's the Lord of all. He has power over every situation, over every sickness, over every circumstance, over every problem. I know it's a simple reminder on Sunday morning, but just let me follow the trend of the rider and just throw it in on the side. He's the Lord of all. He's the Lord of right where you are. He's the Lord of every mountain you've ever had and every valley you've ever walked through. He's the Lord of every dark day and every bright time you've ever had. He is the Lord of all. 
all. He's the Lord in your weakness just as much as he's the Lord in your strength. He's the Lord in your sorrow just as much as he's the Lord in your joy. He's the Lord when things are great just as much as he is the Lord when things are falling apart. Can I remind you today, he is the Lord of all. Oh, why don't we clap our hands and just love Jesus across this room. He's the Lord of all. Nothing's outside of his control. There's nothing outside of his purview. There's nothing that gets him or takes him by surprise. He's the Lord of all. My God, I don't know why I feel it so strong in my spirit, but there's somebody in this room you need to grab a hold. He's the Lord of all. There's nothing happening in your world right now that he is not the Lord over. There's nothing happening in your family right now that he's not the Lord over. There's nothing happening in the lives of your children right now that he's not the Lord over. I wish somebody would lift up their hands right now and just rest in the confidence that he's the Lord over right where you are. He's the Lord over that season. He's the Lord over that moment. He's the Lord over that trouble. He's the Lord in the midst of that sorrow. He's the Lord and he'll not forsake you. Come on, let's just magnify the Lord. Oh, what a sweet spirit of the Lord is in this room right now. He's the Lord of all. He's the Lord of all.
would you lift up your hands across this room right now and let's just magnify the Lord together. Whatever you walked into this place with need of, he is able. He's the giver of life. You heard the giver of life. I feel one question that is pressed so deep into my spirit this morning. It's simply where the scripture says, is there anything too hard? I relay that to this congregation this morning. Is there anything too hard for God? Is there any storm that he can't speak peace to? Is there any trouble he can't deliver out of? Is there anything in your life that he is not able to speak life to? I know those are rhetorical questions because we know the answer. His arms not short that he cannot save. His ears not heavy that he can't hear. I just believe the Lord wants to renew minds today in peace. Where the adversary would seek to fill our minds with worry, chaos, and troubles. The truth of the matter is that as long as, long as our eyes are fixed on the storms we'll find ourselves forgetting who's in the boat as long as our life is consumed by the things that are whirling outside it becomes easy to negate there is a peace that we have on the inside a peace that's greater than storms, a peace that's greater than trouble, a peace that's greater than trials So I invite you this morning, if you're able to join around this front, would you join us? And would you just let the peace of the Lord flood over you? Would you let the strength of his hand lift you up? Could we just come today and put our confidence in the fact that he is the Prince of Peace? That he loves you and he desires to work for you today. Regardless of the heavy things that you walked into this building with, You can come to him and his yoke is easy and his burden is light.